Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 31 from If I Perish by Esther on Kim. Chapter 31, The Nursery in the Prison. A countrywoman and a very thin little boy were brought to our cell. Her husband had quarreled with another villager and became so angry that he set fire to the cornfield of the other man. The woman was arrested for standing watch while her husband burned the villager's crop. The woman was thin and nervous, and the boy was gaunt and bloated from malnutrition. He was so hungry and frightened that he was shaking violently. He became the center of attention in the cell. For some reason, when he saw me, he held out his arms to me. Holding him tightly, I could not help shedding tears. You are such a good boy, I told him, and this auntie is a good auntie, so do not be afraid. <clears throat> the mother said she called her son Stone. That is not a very good name, I said. Why don't you call him Unsook, Stone of Grace? Call him what you please. While holding Unsook on my lap, I was filled with endless thanks. But what could I feed this child? How could I relieve him from the misery of prison life? While I held him, he fell asleep and slept so long and well that we all began to worry about him. And when he woke up, he didn't glance at his own mother, but stayed on my lap. After several days, the mother was sentenced for three years and had to go to the prison factory. While Unsook was in my cell, he never cried. But when he was taken to the factory, he cried all the time. They tried hitting him to make him stop crying, but that only made him worse. Finally, he came down with a high fever. He might stop crying if you take him to cell one, his mother told the jailers. They brought him to me, and he held up his hands and threw himself upon me. <clears throat> I talked with him softly, telling him to stop crying which must have seemed strange to the jailer, because I was crying myself. The prison doctor came to examine him and told the jailer that Unsook should not be confined to a cell. He's not a convict, he said. Let him go out into the sunshine to play as much as he likes. However, they could not allow the child outdoors alone. Besides, he would not leave my side Following the doctor's orders, the chief jailer commanded that Unsuk and I should both go outdoors to play in the sunshine. Is it for the sake of the child or someone else? The chief jailer, jailer mocked. Before women, men became frail, after all. But her attitude did not change the situation because the doctor outranked her and she had to follow his orders. I knew what the jailers were saying. But I was happy to have a chance to be outside with Unsuk. The severe winter had already gone, and the air was full of the soft and gentle breezes of spring. My heart melted into, the, into thankfulness as I realized that the Lord had provided me with such pleasure. Around this time, a new Japanese jailer with a very cute daughter was employed. Because her husband had died in the war, she got permission to work in the prison and to bring along her three-year-old daughter, Yoko. 
her little girl, had a sweet round face. She, too, became attached to me without any hesitation. Holding her arms out, she asked me to carry her on my back as I did unsuck. Although she was not very heavy, she felt as heavy as lead to my body, which was weakened from malnutrition. Yoko's mother confided that when she had taken her daughter to the chief jailer at the time of the new sh shift, the child had shrunk from her. Mommy, she said, I'm scared of this auntie. So she started leaving her daughter's daughter with me. Yoko would dash from my cell on the days her mother came to work, demanding that Unsuk and I come out quickly. I fed, I, I feel assured that Yoko loves you so very much, her mother told me. She had already told me something of her agony as a widow and about the terrible chief jailer who was like a viper. Yoko calls you auntie, auntie, while she hates that old fox and those dirty mal malicious jailers. But they can't do anything to me. As a war widow, the law protects me from them. When the time came for the prison warden to inspect the female ward, the place was in an uproar. The chief jailer stood in front of all the, of the prisoners and commanded us to clean up the entire ward. She even called in the convicts from the factory who cleaned up the dirt in the yard, the corridors, and from every corner. They wiped and polished all the windows and washed the floors. Meanwhile, with noisy footsteps and the clacking of sabers, the warden and other officials appeared. Everyone was in uniform. The warden behaved as if he were a king ruling over 5,000 prisoners and the many officers. When he saw Unsuk, he asked if he was the child who had cried so much that he became sick. The chief jailer said that he was. Do not treat him cruelly, the warden said. Take reasonable care of him. The prison doctor glanced at me and smiled. How is your prison life, he asked. It's not too bad, I told him. Just then, Yoko came running to me and was calling out for me loudly. Auntie, 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 come out quick and play with me. For a moment, the situation was tense, but the warden seemed to understand and approve. He ordered the door to the cell opened. And Yoko flew to my arms. Her tears stopped. We need a babysitter, he continued. Let the three play as they like. On the way to the next cell, I heard him talking to himself. A merciful Buddha, I see. They say one who is loved by children is never wicked. Finding an unexpected humanity in his voice and attitude, I could not help, I could not keep from smiling. God had been working for me, carrying both Unsuk and Yoko on my back. I went out into the yard, where I looked up into the sky, which was as beautiful as it must have been when it was first created. The flying birds were glorious. I felt like calling out to tell them of God's love. Ezekiel 16, 9-12 <clears throat> Then washed I thee with water, yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I 
anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with broidered work, and shod thee with beggar's or badger's skin, and I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands, and a chain on thy neck, and I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thine ears, and a beautiful crown upon thine head. Thus wast thou decked with gold and silver, and thy raiment was of fine linen and silk embroidered work. Thou didst, didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and thou wast exceeding beautiful, and thou didst prosper into a kingdom, and thy renown went forth among the heathen for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord God. I thought the Lord had done for me exactly what these verses described, but most of all I memorized verses from the Gospel of John. In every phrase and verse I put myself in the grace of God as though I were directly listening to his voice. I often considered the last verse of John's Gospel which told that the world could not contain the books that could be written about all the things Jesus did in his lifetime. That had bothered me, and I had asked my mother about it, wondering if John knew how vast and infinite the universe is. Although men cannot measure the universe, she said, Jesus is greater than the universe because he is the only begotten Son of God, the Creator. John could write the last verse because he fully realized this truth. At the time she spoke, I understood with my mind. Now, however, I understood with my heart. The love of the living God is greater than the universe. Unsucking Yoko brought me great joy as I played hide-and-seek or laughed and talked with them. I would completely forget that I was in prison. I taught Yoko many songs and dances, and she would memorize them very quickly and sing the songs with me. Unsuk would imitate Yoko by moving his lips and trying to dance. Whenever I sang hymns, the children made all sorts of noise noises. They didn't understand what I was singing. I was endlessly happy in the prison. I sang hymns and prayed aloud, asking God to bless these two children. I also resumed my calisthenics that I had not done for a long while. Thinking I was dancing, the children would try to imitate me. I would burst out into hearty laughter, and even the most wicked jailer was not able to stop me. But the situation was not to last. The chief jailer of our ward seemed unable to watch my enjoyable life. One day she came out to the yard and glared at us. Men are stupid, she shouted. I knew well enough that she was talking about the warden and the doctor. Before long, Nakamura took Yoko with her to the prison factory, and Unsuk accompanied them. Once more, I was confined to my cell, where I would recite scripture and meditate day and night. Next time, chapter 2.
32, Hearty Laughter.